um, verses 41 through 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, whew, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I could ask you to be present with us um, in this church today, but you have been present with this body of believers for far longer than I have been. And I would ask you to um, support me in, in what I am saying today, but you have uplifted my spirit even when I have not asked. So today, my prayer is that as my mouth speaks, you would be in the words and in the heart behind the words, and that each of us would experience your presence and call in our together this, this morning. Amen. So today is a little bit different here at Centenary. Chris was limited to four minutes, and, and I get to talk for two and a half hours. And um, last week when it was announced that I was speaking today, I had a couple people come up and ask me, are you leaving Centenary? Because Priscilla, when she came to speak, and then she retired. And I, as far as I know, I will still be here next year, so uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to start today with a personal story. My family was up in Minnesota one summer visiting my extended family. My mother lives in Rochester, Minnesota, and my sister lives just to the north of there. So, and they attend the same church, and so we all went to church together uh, on Sunday morning. And after the service, as we all piled into various cars to take the trip back to my sister's house, we had gotten about four blocks away when my phone rang. And I looked at it, and I said, Nathan, why are you calling me from the back seat? And I turned around, and he was not in the back seat. (laughs) Yes, we had left him at church. In our defense, he was 19. (laughs) 
and not 12 like Jesus, but I am so thankful that this story is in the Bible for all of us who have momentarily misplaced a child. I mean, Mary and Joseph, they lost the Son of God. I always imagine that this story is included because Luke asked Mary about stories about Jesus when he was growing up, and this is one that had been burned into her brain, and it was probably uh, one of those family stories that gets told over and over again, um, kind of it kind of enters into a family lore kind of thing, um, and, and you know, even Centenary as a family has stories that we like to share Uh, But the part that we're going to pay the most attention to this morning is verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And if you know the story of Samuel, the boy who heard God's voice calling him in the middle of the night, you know that this is um, the same way that Samuel was described It says, and the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. And, you know, sometimes I was going to say that was like an echo of Samuel, but it's actually, I I feel like, you know, an echo gets quieter over time. and, And I think this, as we see characters in the Old Testament, they all kind of get louder over time until Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those things. And I, probably there's a theological term for that. I don't know what it is. Um, And it's not echo. So the only thing I could think of was like a crescendo. Um, Samuel in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus is the crescendo of Samuel. And I think it's a remarkable combination. I'm sorry, my mouth is so dry. What in the world? It's a remarkable combination. Wisdom and stature favor with God, favor with people. And it's easy to see the children around here grow in stature. They especially did this while we were separated during the early days of the pandemic. When I got to see them all again, they had all gotten so much taller. And for me, favor with God and people is kind of a mirror image with the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Favor with God and people, love God and people. So I want to start this morning by expressing to you all of the love that I have for Centenary. You do not know what you have done for me. Before these COVID Sundays, the last time I spoke for any length of time in front of grown-ups, was about 15 years ago when I shared the story of my college cross-country team and the plane crash that changed the course of my life. And I'm not going to share that story again today. But the sharing of it, um, standing up and telling that story to all of you became a moment of freedom for me. And I had never told that story publicly before, and so in the telling... I I experienced a great deal of freedom, and I I really believe that it freed me up for ministry. And the second way that you've made a difference to me is one that I've often shared with women from a Bible study that I've been a part of. Um, When I was a child, I did not have uh, a lot of mentor 
I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a lot of people that could act as mentors for me. Um, and it was in that study that I found sisters and mentors in Christ. And I think mentoring is just an astonishing thing. Mentoring a person is one of the most effective ways to pass along values and information and build relationship. And I am lucky enough to be able to see that from both sides, being mentored by this church and being able to mentor through the Kids Hope program. I cannot say enough about that program. Meeting with a kid, thank you so much. (laughs) Meeting with a kid um, every week for an hour has increased my joy. And I hope that you will look into serving our community and our schools this way. Um, Talk to Patty Rowland if you're interested, and I really hope that you do talk to her. It's an amazing program. And the third way, um, I often hear that others who have the same kind of role that I have, a director of children's ministries or a children's pastor or minister, um, they often labor on without a lot of encouragement. This congregation regularly encourages me, and I am often surprised by your words. Centenary, you are a wonderful place, and you have marked my life deeply with your love. And as we begin to regain our footing after this upheaval of the last few years, I want to return that favor by showing you a path of freedom and mentoring and encouragement. We have a lot of anxiety around church these days. We are worried about filling our pews again. We are concerned about our worship times and our worship music. We wonder if COVID precautions are ever going to end. We wonder why the children can't go to children's church until they are 25 and learn to sit still. What are we going to do next week? What about next summer? What about next year? How long are we going to follow this worship worship schedule? Just take a breath. I think we worry in part about these issues to distract ourselves from a much bigger and more painful issue. Will our children be faithful? Will the children of Centenary follow the Lord? Will our grandchildren continue to attend church? Will our church remain? And some of you younger parents are now asking, will our church remain? I am just trying to get shoes on their feet so that we can make it into the building on Sunday. And hopefully we'll all get home and not get a call from Miss Jill saying, are you missing anyone? We have a kid of yours still at church. They've done that, by the way. So this commendation of Samuel and Jesus, while they are still children, rings in my mind as I go about daily tasks. And they grew. They grew in wisdom and in stature. They grew in favor, in favor with people, in God's favor, can you imagine? And maybe this 
is what we should point to here at Centenary. What if we said, and Centenary's children grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and people? Earlier, Chris read a passage from Corinthians about watering seeds planted by others. As I watched children move from the nursery space to the preschool space, from Glow Kids to Mission Possible Kids, as they finally get the good parts in the Christmas pageant, as they get to fifth grade and join the ninja group, who all become my favorite kids every year, and then leave me for Darren's youth group, I think a lot about watering seeds planted by others and hoping that the seeds I have planted sprout, worrying that I have not done enough that I have not taught enough, that I have not recruited enough volunteers, that I have not fulfilled my calling. In a couple of weeks, I get to attend the Children's Pastors Conference in Orlando, Florida, something that I've done now for several years. And yes, Florida in January, you know, the things we have to do for Jesus. That group, if you'd like to picture it, is the most optimistic, kindest, most supportive people, the most supportive group of people that can gather anywhere apart from a cross-country course. And we all wrestle with the question, will the church remain? We listen to research and experts and things that work and things that don't work, things that work short-term but not long-term, Um, We pray, we worship, we listen for the Holy Spirit, we refresh and renew. And we learn yet again that as children's pastors, we are not going to raise the next generation of the church. We can plant, we can water, but God makes it grow in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and with people. And there's a word for that. It's called co-laboring. We can co-labor. We are called to co-labor. I love to co-labor. And so I've got a tool for us that I'd like to give to Centenary in response to all that Centenary has given to me. A place and a space to be co-laborers together. In your bulletins this morning is this insert. At the top, it has a Pray For Me campaign logo. The Pray For Me campaign, it is just a tool. It is a tool that strengthens connections between generations here at our church. Uh, These connections are already here. They are already here if you are volunteering in the nursery. They are already here, especially if you are teaching children or you are leading our youth. They're here because a young family sits ahead of you in church on Sunday mornings, or you have an older member behind you in the pew. They're here when you listen to the feet of the children as they, as they all run down for the children's moments, or when they leave for children's church. They're here because our young sprouts and our strong saplings and our mighty trees all need to be watered. And the water 
the living water that we are going to use is the water of prayer. And I don't want anybody to panic. I know some of you have been praying for a long time, and you are prayer champions. You know the Lord's Prayer by heart, and you have taught your children, now I lay me down to sleep, please bless Grandma, please bless Grandpa. And some of you know you should be praying, and you're not doing it. Or you somehow think that you are the only person in the world that has opened their mouth and prayed wrong, and that God is somehow not hearing your prayer. None of that makes a difference because in this space that I am going to that I am creating, I'm going to hand you a specific book. This is a guide. This is a prayer every day to say out loud or quietly to yourself. This guide, so it has just one page for every day. That's it. Just one page. One per day for a specific child at Centenary. And this guide will last 13 weeks. And when you get to the end of the 13 weeks, then you will turn to the front of the book and you'll do it again. And so if you've never been sure how to pray for the kids of today, by the end of 2022, you'll have done this book four times. And you will know how to pray. And our children will be covered in prayer for wisdom, for favor, as well as five other essentials. Love, faith, purity, speech, and conduct. So here's what I will require of you to join in this space we are making. I need you to sign up. If you have children that you want... Someone to pray for. Fill out this form. If you can read and pray a paragraph a day, I need you to fill out this form. I will also ask you to buy this $10 book, but I will order it on your behalf. I have a team that is going to match up prayers with children. And my hope is that we can cover every child at Centenary, every youth in the youth group, Every adult praying for a child or a family. And with a parent's permission, you will get information about that child that you will be praying for. And you'll get a picture um, so that you have their face ahead of you in your mind. Here's what I'm not asking. I am not asking you to meet with a child. If you are scared to death of, of fourth graders, it's okay. You do not have to meet with a child. I am not asking you to teach or prepare to teach a child. I am just inviting you into a wonderful opportunity to pray with intention every day for one year. And grandparents, I'm not going to match you with your grandchildren. You should all, I mean, I'm sure you're already praying for them, but I want somebody else to be praying around them also. And then I would like those kids to have more than one person praying for them at all times. After you have filled out this sheet, you can place it in the offering baskets at the, at the doorways, or you can leave it up here at the altar. And I know not everyone is here this morning, so I will also be sending out an email later in the week with a little bit more information. Um, it might give you a little bit more time to think about it um, f- before you respond. 
And I, w- I would like to remind all of you that when we create a space for God and step into that space, God comes to that space and he fills it. And when we strengthen the ties between us with prayer, it gives us some freedom from worry. Will our children be faithful? Will our church remain? Instead of worrying about those things, we just follow a faithful God, co-laboring where he labors, watering the seeds planted by others, and watching whatever God chooses to grow. The Lord is faithful, and he will do it. And we can say, Centenary grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people. Let's pray.